Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of Dudley Boys, Michael hey. Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also the show formerly known as NXT, but... Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week completes. A bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Got to turn this on. Hang on. Listen, listen here. It's all right. Theater of the mind. Theater. Bill has rushed out of his chair. Which is another way to sit. Watches on YouTube all the time. Well, you can today if it's not half two. UK time while you listen. I'm just talking over this 20th century Fox nonsense. <laughs> Will want to rush out of shot to the laptop where uh, the computer setup, should I say, where our producer Adam Nicholas normally yeah. sits. Press a bunch of buttons to come back so that we could hear the off-key pan flute that you have all been listening to and you already know the bit, but like you, Wilbon, not being able to hear it, <laughs> that, weird. that broke your brain, didn't I didn't it? like it. Do you know what broke my brain? Sorry, no, I'm going to correct that again. Do you know what also broke your brain? What? You, with a spoon, because this morning you brought in a brain jelly mould full of jelly. Oh, my God. Proceeded to tip the brain upside down, <laughs> start eating it with a spoon, of which people have seen you eat jelly on the internet. They know what that looks like. Uh. Right? You're a man that loves jelly. Almost too much, actually. <laughs> It went everywhere, yep. right? So, like, the, the jelly that remained in the bowl that wasn't in the brain is the only that is office-proof because we can't eat your jelly dribble. Why not? And I've looked across at you as we're about to have this conversation, and there's a f***ing jelly stain on your T-shirt. <laughs> Still good? We, uh... <laughs> We just this is no better time to plug this, I suppose. Tentatively, we're uh, we're back for Survivor Series, aren't we? Me and you. Hell yeah! Come for Wilborn go late. Uh, so that's what I look forward to. If you're not travelling to the hottest show of the year in Chicago, Illinois, get yourself onto What Culture's YouTube channel. Bloody good jelly. Uh, I, wibble wobble, wibble wobble, Chester Field. <laughs> I'm in a really good mood today. Me too. Me too. And let's talk about that, right? Let's to bring it back around to wrestling. So, I would say there was. Um, I'd say the biggest talking point from the pro wrestling space this weekend was not from WWE, it was from AEW. And you and Sid will have the deep dive on MJF versus Kenny Omega from Collision, a match that I thought was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But as with everything, I think in AEW at the moment, it was cause for multiple conversations, 
that were only slightly to do with how great that match was. It was like, that match was really great. And then what followed were all the buts. It was like, but should it have been on that collision with uh, like only a couple of weeks' notice? But should it have been saved? But is this kind of like MJF comedy character undermining what he can do in these big matches? But, 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 but. And for me, that kind of sums up where we're at as we come to a close in 2023. You have people that favour... AEW, I think this is right, but I welcome people correcting me in the replies to this podcast or whatever. Like, people that watch AEW, even when given kind of what the best of what that company does, are left with pause for, oh man, what what doesn't feel right at the moment, right? I watched a, what, seven and a half out of ten, maybe eight out of ten Smackdown, and I remain just completely in buzzing for next week's episode for a hideous blood money premium live event for the big show which kind of everything feels pointed to which is a survivor series itself only existing to point towards the fact that then we're going to be entering royal rumble season and so on and so on and so on there is a big gap i feel opening up between mm. how people are assessing and reviewing 2023 perhaps the most challenging for aw fans and yet the most gratifying for wwe fans and i put it to you somebody that i think probably closer to my side of things when it comes to WWE, that it is skewing... If it wasn't on your side, where would I be? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Skewing all wrestling. It's skewing the takes on all wrestling at the moment. I tweeted that I, despite a sort of lack of engagement I've had with the bulk of the AW roster for a lot of 2023, MJF aside, there are select characters that I'm into, but not many. Um, I, I just got a feeling that AW is kind of back on the right track. I think the way we were talking about Collision specifically, mm. really put me in mind to think, you know what, MJF is AW's central character and there's so much revolving around him that I'm bang into it. There's mystery, there's drama, there's great matches, uh, there's titles, there's stakes. It's That, at the core, is so great that I have a feeling that 2024 is going to be better than 2023. My only concern with WWE is how can 2024 be better yes. than 2023? This is not me doing a bit. I'm not sort of, this is not like us getting ourselves overexcited about SmackDown. I am just so locked in with so many of these characters that I don't know how when, let's say, WrestleMania happens and you get a lot of the big payoffs maybe all at once. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they follow the shit. I think we retire at that point. Look, I said it back in 2019 and I was cast as a misery and that was half right. But like... And I always sort of thought like... I don't think we sideshow Bob about it. Like I always knew obviously like maybe measure where you think what AEW can be. And then by 2021, after like two years, I was like, no, I was dead wrong. It's the greatest thing of all time, yeah. Jesus Christ. But bookers have runs, and that's the reality. And mm. we're kind of maybe, Tony Khan is maybe reaching his saturation point. Like, I, I don't know when Triple H does. And I wonder if after WrestleMania 40, will that be his sort of like, I what just, if WrestleMania 40 is his WrestleMania 17 as a booker? Mm. And then we have the next six months where it's like... <laughs> No, I can't smell anything either. I just wish there was another booker who's uh, also in contention for Booker of the Year who's maybe working on a smaller brand that could step up and take over, you know, who maybe has got a close personal working relationship with Triple H. I don't know. Any, any ideas, let me know. Ariel Emanuel, like, looking looking up and down with, like, great detail, listening to the What Culture Wrestling podcast, and be like, I think this guy they're talking about on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I think he's the guy. And they're all going, oh, Shawn Michaels? No, Stacks. I love, <laughs> I, love, I love his ideas. I love what he brings to their table. Let's get him in. And then, like, Johnny Lorenzo gets a call. Tony, the, uh, the act's finished. Why? Um, Ariel Emanuel wants me to book WWE main roster. Says he loves my jokes. Where? where <laughs> I, oh, sorry. Oof, I think that jelly's gone down the wrong way, you know, because I'm feeling a little bit sick. 
sick of being right all the time about how bloody brilliant SmackDown <laughs> is and the fact that Jimmy Uso is goated. Let's talk about this show. Okay. Let me talk to you. <laughs> You've been dying to, haven't you? I loved this opening segment yeah. for a promo train slash contract signing by the numbers. I think it's one of the best things WWE in terms of those has ever done. I thought it was brilliant from the moment my hand hovered over. So uh, I should say, show opens. They go, John Cena, Solo Sikoa. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in due course because I thought that was really good as well. And then... And my hand goes to skip forward. I go, five minutes saved on a Saturday morning. Thank you very much. And just as I'm about to skip, because I, of course, initially acknowledge my tribal chief and I get Eric to do it as well. Naturally, yeah. Force his little hand in the air. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I'll watch him raise the build, obviously. And then whilst he's doing his 15-minute walk, (laughs) I'll save a bit of time. And... Oh, my God. How have we not thought of this before? Amazing. Just as he's about to lift the title with a smug git that is Paul Heyman stood next to you. L A N can't do his thing. L A N And Roman's like, you what? And LA Knight not only walks out, he just completely blanks Roman Reigns, walks out, gets a huge bad Yeah. And just just when I think you can't do anything better, you go and do something like sitting at the head of the table oh that Paul Heyman set up. And when Paul Heyman tries to move the table, LA Knight yeah, gets on the mic and says, I know you ain't trying to move that table. Nana! Oh, my God. Do you want to just go sentence by sentence and get your thoughts? Because I thought this was goated. Well, this is the thing, right? I don't want to upset your flow, so I'm just offer a few thoughts, and I, I want to just sit back and enjoy watching you watching that, basically, because I know that's going to be the way in which you review this segment. Paul Heyman has, over the years, fallen afoul of copying his own homework. Like, yeah. some of those Brock Lesnar formula matches do not work when it's not Brock Lesnar. Half the time, they don't work when it's Brock himself, right? But do you Why rem- would you pick Big Show between Big Show and Brock? Ugh. Do you remember when Brock did exactly this to The Rock in 2002, and Paul Heyman was right by his side? Mm-hmm. Like, excuse me, sir? And you just blanked the great one, did you? Oh, is that where we're at now? Like, why not steal that? What a bit. What a fantastic bit to steal. You're right, we should have called it, and we didn't. And what did I say years ago? When AW was on fire, I wanted to fantasy book things and then be impressed at the things they did way beyond anything I could summon. That's what WWE did here. A quick word on promo trains, because... Like everything, um, my esteemed, and let's be honest, far more discerning colleague, Michael (laughs) Sidgwick, points out, you could line up 50 things wrong with the way that WWE do television because really they've done them for over 23 years, but they've done them rooted completely in one period where that happened to suit particular stars. So when you had Steve Austin and The Rock at the same time, you mm-hmm. absolutely could do a, here comes this guy, or just, apropos uh, uh, nothing, biggest guy in the whole world, yeah. and whoever interrupts him becomes the biggest heel because this guy's the biggest baby face, and so on. They're in the biggest, in the middle of the biggest money story. You could absolutely get yeah. away with it, right? And then like crowds are going nuts for like Shawn Michaels booking Raw on a clipboard, all that kind of thing. And it's like, we copy that. And they failed over and over again to realize, yeah, but you realize the people were the ingredient of why mm-hmm. that worked, not the thing itself. You know, like, not for me to use a food analogy, but if I was going to try and cook some of Sidgwick's gourmet dishes <laughs> and use my as a smart price ingredients, the results would not be the same. No. What you had here 
was a perfect example of when the people are the right people to do the thing that you format in. Don't lead with the format, lead with the stars, and then wrap a format that suits around them. Contract signings themselves are kind of a, a joke in WWE and a, a bit of serious business in AEW because they've kind of taken it back. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll do contract signings right because for years WWE abused it. So even that, when one gets announced, you're like, yeah, well, I know where this is going. And yet, because Roman Reigns and and I are just right there, and Cody Rhodes, when he's involved in stuff, is right there, and the Judgment Day, and I don't know, I could list, yeah. list as long as my arm of characters in WWE that feel like they would fit in this mold, you can absolutely do it. The Another one, like Sidious Bugbears, in which he's 100% correct, by the way, is the invisible camera. But like ultimately, I think even he gave up fighting a good fight when it would be like, say, Jimmy and Sammy having a little secret conversation behind the trucks. Mm. Because it's hot, wasn't it? Mm. Like... Who cares when it's hot? Maybe you should care. Maybe that's the point. Maybe, like, I care less, and as a result. But this, for me, was, like, I keep them coming. Like, I want more LA Knight interruptions. I want more contract signings. I want more, frankly, I want more of them talking than I do wrestling. Because when the bell rings, Jesus Christ, they've got an uphill battle to talk what they've, <laughs> do, what they've done face-to-face. Yeah. We know the potentially limited pedigree of LA Knight, perhaps. We'll see. Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. But, like, this could be... What we could be talking about here is the peak. I almost want to celebrate this because... Right now, as hyped as I am by this, it's more just to see how Roman beats him, not that they're going to have this banger match. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I'm biased. Papa H, I think, genuinely is Booker of the Year this yeah, year. I would agree. If not Shawn Michaels. Um, <laughs> but I think he does deserve credit for the confidence in backing LA Knight in this because no mean feat to go toe-to-toe with Roman on the microphone mm. and then be the one standing tall over him to close out the show and people to just adore and we uh, we thought LA Knight is one of the hottest things in wrestling right now. But you know, if he has a couple of bum weeks, yeah. people are going to just be like, eh, "It's good." You got wrestlers telling you that as well, by yeah. the way. This flavor of the weeks, and as well, bear in mind that this episode being another great example of it. It's not just LA Knight versus Roman Reigns. This is it. It's Triple H trying to get one over and dead because mm. he the, LA Knight was in the middle of this tug of war, wasn't he? When like, Max Dupree, it, indeed, and he was nowhere near WrestleMania, which is when Vince. Got his fingers in at the last minute. By the way, I think that actually might have been one of the greatest decisions. To be, I think they made quite a few controversial decisions over WrestleMania 39, one yeah. of which will be resolved at WrestleMania 40. Let it play out, everyone. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other one being, I mean, it's completely accidental, but taking him off that show for them to be able to say, you've gone from not being on WrestleMania to being the biggest thing right now has kind of worked. It's worked out, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but yeah, risky to, to, to put him out there like that and go, well, sink or swim against Roman Reigns on the mm. mic. Have Roman Reigns say exactly what he said here, and yet still LA Knight feels like the man. I still don't think he's winning the title, obviously, but by God am I enjoying this journey. So uh, he does the, the thing with the table with Paul Heyman, and then he says, time to sign the deal and sign that title away, Roman. Yeah! <laughs> uh, Nick Aldis is there. He sort of runs through the particulars, but uh, before we can get into boring admin, uh, LA Knight just goes, we all know why we're here. Uh, and what we're doing, so let me talk to you. Uh, this contract reads, I don't think he did, technically, but the contract reads that Roman Reigns is going to hand his title over to LA now. Yeah. And he signs and passes the contract to Roman and says, there you go, big boy. Right. And Heyman throws that pen away. He's, Roman's got a special pen that doesn't work. But anyway, <laughs> and Roman, in just his just so relaxed, inimitable style, goes, hey, idiot. No, I'm not talking to you, Milwaukee. I'm talking to you. LA Knight's getting under his skin already. Yeah. More of that to come. He says, y- you're stupid. Why would you just sign a contract like that? What are you doing? 
Have you ever even had a real contract signing? Have you ever even had a title match in WWE and Heyman's chuckling along? That's right, Daz. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, all this means, says Roman, is you've got no clue what's going on right now, what you're doing or anything like that. But don't worry. Hey, I'm going to go easy on you. It's your first time. We'll do it nice and gentle. All right, sweetheart? Oh. And uh, Roman eventually, after the pen shenanigans, signs the contract and does that brilliant... Don't you start me as the crowd chants, Roman's scared. Yep. And Nick Oldis, authority figure that he is, goes, well, that's my responsibility. <laughs> <sort> of, Goodbye. <laughs> Good luck. Right. And you think, okay, bog standard. If, you know, slightly topsy-turvy contract signing segment, Roman goes to leave and LA Knight says, ah, Roman, I think you'll find I'm head of the table, so acknowledge me. Smiling, I'm thinking about what's to come. I love this. Roman is fizzing at this. <laughs> He's got that sort of sinister smile. Yeah. I love it, right? He says, you know what, Roman, you're right. I lack experience, and it's, it's good of you to go gentle on me. It's sweet of you. I want you to do that. I want you to, you know, take it easy on me. Take me lightly, because that means you're already beat. This might be my first time, but after a year, one year, I'm sitting here at the head of the table about to take your title. I've climbed so fast, you won't even know what's hit you. After Crown Jewel, basically, you're going to be stunned as I leave with your title. This might be my first time, says LA Knight, but I only need one time. You took forever doing your suffering succotash bollocks. He didn't exactly say this, but basically did. And that was such a, like, you saw, like, Roman's Vietnam flashback moment Mm -hmm. all across his face, like, such a... Uh, like a PTSD thing for Roman, like nobody does. I've insulated myself in such a way that nobody talks like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Paul, <laughs> he says, "Yeah, you're doing your suff- suffering, Succotash. I only took one year, and now everyone knows whose game this is." And he's got the p- crown, the palm of his hand, so much so that he can go, "Not yet." And they yeah. go, "Oh, no, we're not doing the LA night thing yet." They say, "Sing along with their champ." He says, uh, "There's nothing you can do about my uh, ascension." It's not an insult. That is just a fact to life. I can't stop this gravy train. I can't stop the undeniable Kavorka. I can't stop being the man they call the megastar with everybody saying L.A. And Rowan throws the table at him. He flips out, beats him up, kicks him down, chucks him into the ring post, goes under the ring, pulls out another table, sets it up. He's going to lay out L.A. Knight, put him to the table. He's not going to make it to Crown Jewel. But L.A. Knight fights back, Stomps a mud hole in Roman Reigns. In flies Jimmy Uso out of nowhere to save Roman Reigns, who just gets out of there, <laughs> bails, he's on the ramp, and uh, Paul Heyman instructs Jimmy to get him. And, of course, Jimmy goes to beat up LA Knight and gets suplexed through the table as LA Knight's music hits to end the segment to a huge pep. Home run segment. Home run segment from the moment LA Knight interrupted him to the very last moment when he destroyed Jimmy Uso. Uh, can't better your review of it and can only better it by suggesting people go watch it if they don't. If oh, you, are, yeah. you are somebody that listens to these podcasts more to keep up with WWE than to like listen back to what you watched, please go and watch this because it's just a tremendous bit of pro wrestling uh, by any measure, by any metric. We don't need to use caveats or sports entertainment, this or whatever. This is just watching a star... Uh, well, sorry, no, this is watching a guy carrying the confidence of a star uh, despite the fact that he should be overwhelmed by the star power of another. Mm. And that's why this is so magic. This is, uh, these are going to sound like lofty comparisons because ultimately what will probably come of LA Knight is this dramatic title match and then 
finding his place in the mid-card. Maybe not. Who can say? Winning the US title Survivor Series from Logan Paul. Maybe, maybe. Or even a bigger stage, perhaps. But, like, ultimately, he'll... At some point or other, Lo- uh, Logan Paul, Ellie Knight will slot into a, a spot mm-hmm. that isn't the tippy-top, and that's great, but it'll never feel this special again. Uh-huh. And I think that's where... I think that's where he's seen... Unless there's a World Heavyweight title win at WrestleMania in the You know, cards, and, like, let's see... Cards. Let's still see where it plays out. So it's a slightly different comparison, but the point is... Uh, and WWE have got a lot better at this in the last year or so especially, but um, when Steve Austin didn't fawn or back down or really show any kind of, like, hero worship for Mike Tyson and instead he shoved him for Darren to step into his ring, that was like this moment of, hang on a second, like, I know a bit of Holyfield's here, this is the biggest star in the frigging world and in the fight game, no mm-hmm. less. And Steve Austin has just said, you know, to me, pal. Mm. And like that, you cannot underestimate how massive that is. Tyson Austin, Tyson Austin. Like, uh, this in wrestling context was just as big because even Cody Rhodes, the man that we all believe would do it and the man that Jesus Christ better still do it at WrestleMania 40, wasn't given this kind of face-to-face with Roman Reigns. If you remember, yeah. this was very much Cody being like, look, me finishing the story is inevitable, Roman. What you have underestimated is that I have put everything in place in order to stop you. Um, LA Knight didn't need to talk about any of that sort of stuff. He just said, I believe in me. It's not about, it's nothing to do with you. Cody was very much like Roman obsessed, like beat the opposition without thinking about your own. Like LA Knight is like a narcissist and proud of it. Yeah. He is he's on a brilliant, like two hour thing on their YouTube channel, I think. Yeah. The, watching how he like got to where he got to. He is all about him. He spoke to Roman like anyone was in that chair that just happened to be holding the belt. Mm-hmm. And that is a completely different story to tell when your character is three years deep into a title run. Mm. You can't normally do that. You can't normally say, look, uh, longest reigning champion in 30 years. It's not about you. That shouldn't, Yeah, you shouldn't be able to tell that story. And yet in a character in LA Knight, they've got it. And to that end, Roman Reigns leaping up and shoving that table uh, vertically, by the yes, way. Yes, that looks so good. It. So, like, because LA Knight sat at the head of the table, it. he doesn't flip it. He has to. He doesn't flip. He tips. No flips, just tips. Right? <laughs> he tips the table, so it's tipping vertically onto LA Knight and over the top rope. So cover your kids' faces if they're in the front row, basically. Otherwise, one of them table feet will take your mm. eye out. He doesn't care. He's absolutely lost it. It reminded me. We like our football analogies on this podcast, so I apologise for using one. If you're not uh, a soccer fan, but like, we've all had players that play for our teams that are. Arseholes. But when they play for you, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. And their job... They're our scumbags. Their job, yeah, they are our scumbags. Perfect. Their job, in the first 15 minutes, is to try and enrage a player that they know has got a bit of an attitude and will get themselves sent off if they're not careful. Mm. And when that red card comes after 20 minutes that changes the game, that's because your arsehole player is needled and needled and needled and needled and then that player's gone in two-footed. Thank you, goodbye. <laughs> and, like, everyone can see it's happening and, like, it shouldn't still go on, but there are just these players that have no... Well, I'm afraid I'm so angry, I'm going to have to two-foot him. Mm. That, like, that is the only... Re- Redemption and Roman with the suffering succotash thrown at him, and with this persistent, like, is he kidding me, Paul? And like, at this point, Paul Heyman's going, I don't, I don't think he is tribal chief, I don't think he is kidding you, I think he believes this. Roman snapping and just becoming completely unhinged plays brilliantly into LA Knight's best chance, which is getting in the guy's head mm. who nobody can get into. Like, Jay Uso did it briefly when the Usos beat them at Money in the Bank, and look how that turned out for him at SummerSlam. LA Knight is this is an X factor completely, mm. and like we'll get into this more in the the closing moments of this SmackDown, like with what goes on between them physically that kind of ties this up quite mm-hmm. nicely. But 
they could not have done a better job for trying of how to position LA Knight mm. as Roman's challenger. I just want to dedicate this podcast, by the way, to Reese McNally of Kidderminster Harriers, who put in a great cross for uh, Kiddie's equaliser against Chesterfield at the weekend. Great cross for Zach Brown. And then, unfortunately, oh, Reese got sent off and we won 3-1. Anyway, um, <laughs> how do you follow that? Oh, with another great storyline they've got going on on SmackDown. No, you weren't. Because it's the Street Profits who are on the up and up now uh, with yeah. Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. versus the LWO. This was meant to be Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, wasn't it? Yes. Which, I don't know what caused this. What's but, causing all this? But I loved it mm-hmm. that they just went, oh, yeah, no, Carly, just like... In my head, like you, we often say, when it's good, mm. you don't go, what the bloody hell are they playing out here, right? I guarantee that if, you know, AEW did something like this, I'd be complaining about, <laughs> like, well, what, are they, they're just baiting switch this. Why have they done that? Mm. But because I'm enjoying SmackDown so much right now, I was like, oh, my God, imagine. They were like, uh, actually, Ray, we need to do some media stuff to promote the Crown Jewel match. And he's like, oh, no worries. Uh, Santos, she'll be right if Carlito takes my place in that tag match as well. And Santos is like, are you joking me? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's the LWO. What about um, uh, Cruz the, del Toro? The or people I brought to yeah. this party, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah my friend. Um, yep. And the way that it played into the match as well, this Santos Escobar turn. So a lot of people are going to be like, where's this come from? <laughs> because they don't really concentrate or aren't watching the weekly product. Uh, it's only if you're not watching. It's out there. It's out front now. It's, it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. And I love the new edgier version of the Street Profits. I praised Montez Ford for it last week. I want to praise mm. Angelo Dawkins as well this week. Um, I think it was Carlito and Dawkins who actually started us off. Carlito obviously gets the better of things because that's the way things go. But a lastly distraction allows Dawkins to cut him off. Ford comes in, hammers away. Carlito comes back, standing drop kick, sends the Street Profits to the outside, and he takes off his shirt. Oh my God. And lands a big <laughs> flip onto the heels. Uh, before a commercial break, which Santos encouraged. Yep. Because he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything is fine. Everything is fine in the LWO. We come back. Ford's working over Escobar. Escobar tries to fight back, so Ford kicks him and hits a splash for a two count. Escobar gets out of it, but again, Ford cuts him off with a clothesline. Dawkins comes in, and Escobar counters with a huge knee strike. Oh, my God. Yep. Looked awesome, that did. Carlito gets the hot tag and steals all the, you know. <laughs> uh, Carlito takes them both out. Spinebuster on Ford gets a two count. Sets up for the backstabber. Ford does a brilliant reversal into a roll-up as part of that. Carlito hits a neck breaker. Dawkins has to break up a pin attempt. Escobar tags in and does his awesome <whistles> whistle mm-hmm. gimmick. And he's about to do some big flip dive. When we cut to, as we have, not talking to you, love, uh, as we have, <laughs> that's my phone, by the way. Um, uh as we cut backstage, as we have done, so Rams, you're going, yeah, come on, guys. Get him. And then you just say this. I, I want to recreate this because I'm a huge, I'm a kind of low gang for life now. <laughs> Comes in like this. Boom. boom. He literally says boom as he hits him. And he goes, you see that? That's all it takes, my guy. One punch, Ray. Right. Got like, more Got more on this later, by the way. Logan. Some unbelievable LTST on this uh, show. Right. Oh, like unbelievable LTST. Logan Paul, yeah, is taking out Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. They see this on the big screen. And Carlito's like, oh, no, I better go and check on Rey. And Santos is like, yeah, go and check on Rey. <laughs> it's not like we're in the middle of a match or anything. <laughs> and he's left him as well, by the way. Logan's not beating him up. He's walked off. Yep, job done. So Carlito runs to the back. Santos does well, mm-hmm. but, of course, eventually gets caught. I think there's a blind tag in there from the Street Profits. So they hit the revelation. One, two, three. Oh, I love this. Best... 
quickly, best night for the Street Profits with Bobby Lashley yet. And uh, although it's winning through, obviously, things going wrong in the LWO camp, this, they're heels. So this, like, whatever fools Bobby Lashley into finally just stopping being a whinging bastard and being like, they're great, actually. Like, this is probably how you give them their wins, and this is how you start pumping them up, and great. They're, let them take advantage of this kind of disarray within the LWO that is, that they're pretending isn't disarray, right? They're pretending well, these are all just a set of, like, completely random and like <laughs> circumstances that are individual to one another, whereas we're obviously invited to chart the story, and it's great. Uh, I love that we overlooked... Um, Logan's power of the punch in this story. Like on Raw, it was all about getting personal, getting buddy buddy with Dominic, uh, trying to get in Ray's head a little bit. Mm-hmm. That like, ah, you know how you couldn't really cope with your son becoming the biggest arsehole in the world. Well, good news, he's only the second biggest. I'm number one, and I always will be. <laughs> so like, we kind of overlooked that actually he's got this amazing thing that nearly beat Roman Reigns. Yeah, this like concrete fist of his. God, I'm gonna have to rewatch that before the weekend. Oh, I mean, that was unreal. But like. This Rey Mysterio match now is nothing more than a concrete fist to the face, and it's all over, right? And I do wonder if he does become US champion, in fact. I think there's think a will. strong chance that he wins that belt, and I want to get to that later on because I was extremely excited by something that we will talk about. Drones uh, spelling out prime in the sky or forming a giant prime bottle. Giant prime bottle, please. Um, yeah, the if he doesn't win Logan Paul, he's definitely nailing... Santos with that punch when Ray ducks out the way of it. Oh my god! And uh, like either way, there's no bad outcome there, is there? Santos now selling a jaw injury that has him in one of those wire frame halos <laughs> for like two months, all because of Ray moving out the way and letting him eat it. If that means Ray retains, well, we got lucky, didn't we? <laughs> and then like Santos can't do his whistle, yeah, because his jaws wide, because his jaws wide shut. Like, and Ray has to like sort of. Be almost guilty that he retained the United States title because Santos can't speak properly because he's had his face punched off. <laughs> Just but more on uh, Logan Paul's punch later. Mm. Um, the best backstage segment ever came next. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns backstage. He's sorting his hair out. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's got one of those gimmick WWE tiles they've got. It's been made exclusively for the Green Bay Packers and. The disgust with which Reigns looks at this was something that WWE often makes people shill for. Yeah. He's like, Paul, what the hell's that? Paul Heyman's like, hey, it's a Green Bay Packers title. You know what? I'm going to give it to LA Knight. This is the kind of local heat that I like because he's not going to say, I'm going to give it to LA Knight because it's the closest ever to come to a title. He says, I'm going to give it to LA Knight because it's the closest he and the Green Bay Packers are ever going to come to becoming champions. Huge heat, obviously, off the back of that. Yeah. I'm already. You know, just, You're just in it. soaking all that in when who comes in. Um, <laughs> but the biggest star in WWE in my eyes right now, and the guy I, I'm going to take a picture of that, was completely correct about vindication. Jimdication. <laughs> Jimmy Uso comes in. Jimmy Uso flops in onto the couch, <laughs> right? Paul Hayes faces a picture. Please go and watch this if you haven't seen it. Ray looks at him. He's <laughs> like, where have you been? Guess goes, been at the uh, doctor's room or whatever they call it. Uh, <laughs> Rim goes, what the hell was that out there? And Jimmy was like, trying to play, what's the problem? Roman says, wrong play. <laughs> Jimmy, this place blown out his ass. <laughs> oof, oof, he's like selling it. No, one body party, all out. Like, sort of, like me like me or you we were doing Great North Run training yeah. last year. Our poor wives would have the seals on the sofa looking like this. Yeah. Oh, I'm in my bloody run, everything hurts. <laughs> you've, done, you've done three miles out of it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the hell was that? And the play. It was the wrong play. <laughs> Jimmy Uso. It was an audible. It was a hot, hot round. Right? <laughs> it's like, right, anyway. Um, we're going to have to handle LA Knight tonight. And uh, <laughs> Jimmy goes, what? But I'm on the injured reserve. I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and Roman Reigns doesn't say anything. He just looks at him and goes, what? He goes, I'm off the injured reserve list. I can do anything. It's <laughs> incredible. Heyman goes off to make the match with Nick Aldis. And Jimmy Uso just le- leans in like I do when I know I'm about to wind up the Dadleys and goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Roman just goes, what have I told you? I don't like that. Cody Rhodes is going to say yeet on the road to WrestleMania. The roof's going to come off the f***ing building. Oh, God. I did not know they had, like, Sami Zayn tier good stuff still in them. On the anniversary as well. Yeah, uh, it? it was. You're right. That was the Friday of the when they all corpsed. I don't know how they got through this. Jimmy Uso, like, I've seen quick flips uh, of, uh, I don't mean in terms of like a lucha match or something, like quick, fli- ricochet, mate. <laughs> quick flips in pro wrestling before in terms of like when somebody is scared into doing something, it's all very dragged out and broad because it's wrestling at the end of the day. And yeah. It's like you have to spend whatever, whatever in like proper acting or film or television where they would say spend like three seconds pulling a face to let the audience in and then the audience will realise, oh, the, the boss doesn't like that. So then, then you move to that character and that character spends three seconds changing his mind. And uh, wrestling trebles it. Yeah. Right? So Roman spends nine seconds going, I am very annoyed with what my did face. did you just say? And then Jimmy trebles it again. Nine, it's 27 seconds of like... Uh, I suppose I can do the match actually. Aye, like, and it's like... Like... This is quicker than me and you could talk about it. Yeah. Because it is literally, like, Roman turns his face, goes, what? And Jimmy's already changed his mind. Like, he's doing it as Roman is turning his neck. It is, I don't know how they did that. I don't know how a wrestling company produced a segment. And, yeah, the trick with Jimmy Uso, and you were the first to spot this, and I have to give you immense credit. Like, they must be thinking, how much of a dumbass can we make this guy look? And then, like, Triple H storms in. Dumber! <laughs> Dumber! Like, there is no, like, it's 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 almost like Attitude Era, Russo, what can we do this week to win one week's ratings? What about next week? I don't want to worry about that. What are we doing this week? Yeah. Like, n- next week's seven days away. This is the end of the world. It's like, this is the end of stupidity. We have hit peak stupidity. Yeah. When, when he did the... It's Sean Stasiak, basically. Pretty, that's perfect, yeah. Planet Uso. Like, <laughs> like, the week when he put the hand out for the microphone, I was like, well, that's, you completed it. Nice one, but like we're, we've only just get we're bottom of the third or whatever the frig Paul Heyman said. Yeah, yeah. You got so many more weeks, Jimmy Uso. Now Friday morning whiteboard number one. How dumb is Jimmy Uso? <laughs> I want two hours on this, and when you got you think you've come at the dumbest thing, start again, <laughs> tear it up and start again. Like I pissed myself at this. This was brilliant. <laughs> I'm on the injured reserve list. What? I'm on the injured reserve list. <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. 
they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Then we go uh, to another backstage segment. Uh, Logan Paul's walking back there. Kathy Kelly comes up to him, going like, I thought you said you were going to be honourable. What's all that about? <laughs> Logan Paul goes, well, never let, never let him know your next move. Yoink, got your mic. See you later. <laughs> Give what, it back to her. What a dickhead, right? He goes, look, I've, uh, I've got a fist as basically as big as Ray's head. Mm-hmm. That's why there's weight classes in boxing. Uh, and she's like, cool. Got another question. He's like, piss off. Walks off. He walks up to Kevin Owens, who's just lounging against the wall wearing a Rey Mysterio shirt, which yeah. Logan Paul calls whack. Mm-hmm. And then Logan Paul walks off, and Austin Theory and Grace Award are there. <laughs> can you have any more brilliant heel tag teams? Oh, I think we can have one more. The two best backstage segments of the year, back to back. Is that what we're talking about? Here? Like, <laughs> they go like, excuse me, Kevin Owens. We were watching the show last week. Punchable faces, us two. Kevin is like, yes, you do have punchable faces. In fact, I'd love to be able to punch both of your faces with one punch, right? And they go, what are you talking about? And they get into it. Officials come along. Kevin Owens gets carted off. They stand there going, what's he talking about? Punching us both at the same time. We'd have to basically be stood right next to each other in a perfect line. By the way, they stood next to each other in a perfect line. And Kevin Owens comes in and punches both of them. Smash the button. Smash the button again. And one more time for good measure. I pushed the (laughs) Caught another button there. Almost had a a, a special guest. Oh, my God. Right. So... Let's review, if we can. Uh, God, we might have to get some wrestling in a second. I prefer this. Right. The double punch were good. Like, <laughs> he punched two people in the face. It looked absolutely brilliant, right? You're right. Them standing in the line owning a joke was just inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, two bits of WWE. You wait 23 years for one WWE comedy. It's like a boss two come along at once. Yeah. Right? Holy sh... It was just brilliant. Punch, he punched two people in the face. He punched two people in the face. And those arseholes. Who lost brilliant. nothing in it. Not a thing. A-Town Down Under getting smashed in the face was great. Now, when I was talking about the LTST before, of all the weeks for Kevin Owens to punch two people in the face, of course it happens after he reminded that Logan Paul's got the punch that can kill anybody with it. It's a and he's just shown his true colours. And he's just shown exactly who he is. Kevin Owens is in the Rey Mysterio t-shirt. These two go back all the way back to WrestleMania 37, of course, uh-huh. when Logan Paul was trying to get in Sami Zayn's good graces and all that kind of thing. So there's always, like, Kevin Owens always like, I don't like you and I never will. Mm. He was always very clear about that, you know? So that was never a, never a thing between those two where they could be, like, friends over anything. Um, so that match is probably happening at friggin' WrestleMania and we just watched it getting set up. Kevin Owens has just found his WrestleMania match. Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul, that's going to kick f***ing ass, right? <laughs> so, like, we're good to go on that one. And it's all set up over a punch. And it's not even all set up over that, Wilborn. It's set up over last week, Kathy Kelly sitting down with Kevin Owens to the point where, like, well, what are you going to do here? And he's like, I don't know, Kathy, what do you think? Like, what a weird thing that was at the time when it's like, why is it, like, it's funny, this. Yeah. Who do you not like and I'll hit him for you? That's, like, quite just a funny, honourable, Kevin Owens is a cool guy thing. Now there's law, right? Because not only is he just 
followed through, like all baby faces, he's followed through on his actions. I told you, Kathy Kelly, I was going to punch them, and I did it. Like, that's what baby faces do, right? But he's done it on behalf of Kathy Kelly, her woman who was later, like, frankly, tre- like, by Logan Paul. That microphone stuff was bang out yeah, of order. Awesome. It felt horrible when he did that to her. And, like, already now, if there wasn't a reason already, in just that little moment, Kevin Owens has been given a reason why, like, I need to batter you, mate. Like, you think you've got a good punch. I can knock out two people with mine. See you at WrestleMania for the belt, probably. Like, brilliant. Or... It's not, he's not just cooking. I can smell like about an 18-course meal at a Michelin-star restaurant. What if, instead, if they don't do belt stuff, which yeah. I agree would be fun, what if they said, WrestleMania 40, Kevin Owens, I'd like you to invite you to uh, an episode of Impulsive Live, and then he says, I tricked you, Kevin. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah but I was going to say, uh, this isn't fantasy booking so much as you rebooking your fantasy, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> what, about, what about if, meanwhile, on Raw, the la, 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 <laughs> like Jake Paul attacks Sami Zayn, and, that, and you do Zayn and Owens versus the Paul brothers? Oh, oh my God. Oh my god. Do you think people will boo Jake Paul? Do you think he's one of the <laughs> I just don't know if he's considered dislikable. Uh hey, Kyla! Backstage with Dragon Lee. He's very happy to be on SmackDown. He gets interrupted by Cedric Alexander. And mm. I thought, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then I remembered, oh no, you're a mint wrestler and you could probably put on one of the best matches that they could with Dragon Lee, which is basically exactly what happened. Cedric basically was like, oh, I remember when people were like me, oh, let's have a bare knuckle fight then. And mm. they set up the match for later on. Uh, and then we see earlier on in the day, Shotzi's thanking Nick Aldis for getting her the whole uh, hosting gig Halloween Havoc. Oh my God, there's a second week of that this week. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally at Halloween. There's brain jelly. <laughs> uh, and in comes Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Uh, she, Chelsea Green effectively says, where's my respect? Yep. Uh, and uh, they set up a match with Shotzi and Chelsea Green, which we get to right away. And uh, Green attacks Shotzi early on. They go back and forth. Shotzi chokes her with her legs. Green goes to the outside. Shotzi hits a splash onto her. Um at one point, Shotzi goes to the thing where she jumps off the middle rope, jumps onto the middle rope, and Chelsea Green jumps next to her, and Shotzi goes, what the hell are you doing here? Oh. There's a Russian leg sweep, effectively, off the middle rope. That's generous. To drop her uh, for a two-count. Shotzi catches Green at, up top, but Green shoves her up, hits a missile drop kick, and then, don't get angry at me, channel, Chelsea Green channels her Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She does the cocky pin, mm-hmm. immediately gets pulled into a crucifix pin by shot, so you gets the one, two, three. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to make of this because it wasn't any good. Like, <laughs> I like Chelsea Green's character. I uh, We've always, I think on this podcast, from the earliest days we're in NXT, had like a lot of time for Shotzi because I just like watching somebody throw themselves into, mm-hmm. I don't mean literally, sometimes I hate watching that because she's like throws her into the wind. But I, uh, this was no good. Like, we can't we kinda say it was, otherwise we'd be lying. And... It was so it was so rehearsed, and then even when it was rehearsed, you could see them going wrong in the rehearsal. So it was kind of like broke your immersion two separate ways. And really, frustratingly, it broke the streak of how great this SmackDown was going. Mm. So it kind of temporarily like took me off the like to quote LA Knight, took me off the gravy train a little bit because I was just a bit like, ah, that was a bit terrible. But uh I get why you would give these specific characters exposure. You've got Shotty back, presumably, for on NXT on Tuesday for Halloween Havoc. Part two, mm-hmm. I would guess. Part two. Part two. And they are trying to get these tag titles over, even if this match was evidence that maybe, based on the quality of this match, the curse is actually working. Trick or street fight on uh, Raw tonight, though. Yes, that's true, yeah. With Natalia. Yeah. We'll preview that later. 
John Cena comes out. What was it they called this? John Cena's biggest challenge. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, they have announced he's, of course, going to face Solo Sokoa at Crown Jewel this weekend. Um, this is what SmackDown sounds like from a sold-out Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They'd sold another, like, 13,000 bloody tickets Just, for this show. There's a thing, isn't there, where, like, it's going to, I think... They're in a, I think they're in a smaller building this week. I can't remember where. Like, like lick your ass centre-sized, that kind of place. And oh, what, for Raw? Yeah, uh, for SmackDown. Well, because they taped SmackDown. Oh, of course. It's, yeah. sorry, like the week after next. Sorry, they're in like a smaller building. And, you know, look, they might shift tickets for it. It'd be great. But I think, I could, like, I could be wrong. There's better people than us to follow for your numbers. WrestleTicks, Brandon Thurston, and the like. I think there's something like six or seven consecutive 10,000-seater-plus SmackDowns. Mm-hmm. That's just wet. Like, I mean, great, rewarding, great TV for me. But like Jesus Christ, I never thought I'd see the day. No. Never thought I'd see this kind of this boom, if you I want to call it, it a that. clip show. Yeah, like I've done lists before about like whenever an anniversary comes up for when they split the brands. One in twenty twenty two was probably the last one because it would have been twenty years. And you're like, let's do uh, ten best SmackDown moments, like, and let's ignore an entire five year run where they would just rerun the bits of Raw that didn't get enough TV time, whatever. Nothing was happening. No, like SmackDown Live brought it back from the dead, effectively. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's great. Remember, it's, remember the SmackDown synopsis on What Culture Extra? I mean, Colton does. Colton knows, yeah. yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and that's about it. Shout out, Colton. Uh, Which I feel we must do because when you uh, blew right to us on uh, oh, I feel guilty about that, man. the comments, we all went, this is Colton, right? But the 1% of doubt, like mm-hmm. when we were live on YouTube, Sorry, Colton. gave us the guilt. Uh, we'll know for next time. Live Q&A today, of course. 2 o'clock 2 p.m. UK time. I think this podcast will be out just before then. Yeah. Um, Cena says there's a special energy in the building, um, but uh, the energy's serious as well. Uh, he's had a lot of serious moments in his career, uh, but it hasn't been this serious in a while. For more than 20 years, we've we've shared this. I don't know what this is. This we've shared, uh, and you've uh, given me your respect. But I'm in danger of, in jeopardy of losing your support and your respect. And we get, uh, you still got it. Cena's sort of like, well, what if I don't know? You know, if I don't deliver soon, I'm going to lose whatever this is. Um, there's only one thing left to do at Crown Jewel, and that is just win. Uh, Crown Jewel's both must-see and must-win. Uh, I know it takes guts to uh, promise a victory, but uh, the time is now to deliver. And, of course, here comes Paul Heyman to interrupt. Uh, he says, I've got no hustle. I'm loyal to the truth. Uh, but uh, trust me, John, I'm out here with respect. That's the thing oh, that John that Cena says. Yeah, yeah. Um, Crouch, actually, you suck. <laughs> uh, and he sort of checks he can get in the ring before Cena, Cena allows him, and they shake hands. Um, and Heyman thanks him for the house. Uh, he talked about, you know, 20-odd years ago when uh, Vince said, you know, who do you want from OVW? And he picked Cena. Um, and he's raised his kids to be more like John Cena than himself. Um Look, Roman Reigns proved you are the, the GOAT. <laughs> Give me one, I'll take with the other. Come on, John. Um, but you are the greatest at communication in the history of WWE. Um, you've got a bond with the fans that I could never have. You can talk in a way that nobody else in the world can talk. Oh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> uh, and look, you could have been me, John, until you pissed off the bloodline. And now the orders come from on high to take you out. So Lusico is going to beat you, and he's going to hit you with that Samoan spike right in the throat, and you're going to lose the ability to talk anymore. I'm going to take you, or we, I should say, the bloodline, are going to take you away from the WWE universe. You know, you've, idiot, you bloody fool, John. You say you have to win at Crown Jewel, and the one match 
that you say you must win, you can't win. And that is not a prediction. That is a... And Solo Sokoa jumps John Cena from behind, behind, lays him out, sets up for the Simone Spike, nails him with it, and they stand over him and then walk to the back. John Cena has been laid out by his biggest challenge. I thought this was tremendous. Like, all joking about some of the bollocks that John Cena comes out with, they have done a pretty impressive job of uh, identifying John Cena and Solo Sokoa as the kind of... It's a bit of a spin-off story for the bloodline at the mm-hmm. moment, isn't it? You know, you've got Roman and LA Knight, you've got everything with the Usos in general. Cody is always there or thereabouts. Cena and Solo is a is a spin-off, but it's a pretty impressive one because you've got one of the former feature stars mm-hmm. in it. You know, they've like he's a bit of a gift to it. And I don't know what the prospective match quality of this is, but I do know that better than the one he did at Mania. Well by miles, by orders of magnitude. But I do know that the finish is gonna be red hot because like, who wins? I don't know yet. We're going to do a crown jewel preview later this week, aren't we? Of course. And I need time to ruminate on this because I just cannot call it yet. And I sh- that's how I should feel about John Cena. I don't expect him to come back and win titles, but I should be engaged in the drama of a John Cena story, of a John Cena match. And I am. I absolutely am. If Solo beats him, it's the biggest win of his career mm-hmm. in WWE canon or otherwise. It's massive. Equally, if John Cena beats Solo Sokoa, there are so many... Like, John Cena has dealt with this, like, kind of monkey on his back, and there are so many different things that you can do Mm -hmm. with a Solo Sokoa that has proven all the more, like, fallible. Like, he lost to LA Knight, and if he loses now to John Cena, never mind John Cena's bad record, that's two singles losses on the spin for Solo, and Roman is going to pick up on that, and where does that take us heading into war games and all that sort of stuff? So I'm really, really engaged in the stakes of this, even if I think this has absolutely no chance of surpassing uh, three stars on the night. <laughs> like, I do, that's not to be cynical. I think this match has a, a quite a, a mid-ceiling, but the result matters. The wins and losses matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Brian, by the, by the way. Brian Weedig? V-dig? Yes. Weedig. Yes. Brian. E- well, either way, we dig you, mm. Brian. He made... Uh, you, br- have my, you have my sympathies, brother. Well, yeah, he made a brilliant uh, Teletubbies uh, image for us the other day. At Brian, with with an I, underscore, yeah. we dig on Twitter. We got our bloodline Teletubbies, didn't we? It's on our likes as well, obviously. Um, we got Tri- the Triple tel- H, the sun, cooking Teletubby land is, uh, is, is just the icing on the cake. And then Brian had his knob cut off the other day, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, me and Brian both share feminist penises uh, that do not require women to do any more... In the, uh, what, like, contraceptive arena, the child-rearing era, which is put on them from such a young age. And it's nice when some of us decide to step up, Adam <laughs> Wilborn. I see that you will be your baby maker is in full working order right now. Someone told me, by the way, I didn't see this. I'm sorry if I missed this. Yeah. At the Impact show at the, at the on Friday we went to, uh-huh. there was a sign that said, Adam Wilborn's a virgin. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Apparently. I've oh, seen this. I'm going to check it out when it goes on there. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Oh, and it comes out next weekend. I'm going to have to look for this. Stubbornly. Henry told me he saw this. Stubbornly dragging Eric to a live show. Just like, no, I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> I did it one time and he came out. So, uh, one nil to me. Granted, it doesn't look like me. It looks like Anne Louise. But... <laughs> and he's fortunate for it, actually. So, two nil to me. Yeah. Looks like her, acts like me. It's the best of both worlds. I'm an undefeated sex haver. And he's proved. 
It's Jake. You want to know? But yeah, hope you're doing well in your recovery, Brian. Yeah, take it easy. Take it easy on yourself. Take it easy down there, brother. Because then, uh, on the easy side of the pain, uh, you don't have to take it easy at all. In fact, you have to do the complete opposite <laughs> to uh, for science. Actually, I'm uh, just yeah. talking medicine here, right? So take it easy for a bit and then go hog wild, brother. You're doing it for science. Um, but don't do it until you've done it for science because uh, there's no legal paperwork. Like if <laughs> one sneaks through and you haven't followed due process, that's on you, pal. As if I couldn't get any more yeah. excited for the main event, they let LA Knight cut a promo and it kicked ass. Yeah, it's really good, man. <laughs> Bloodline should be careful about who they're pissing off. Jimmy got thrown through a table for his troubles tonight, and uh, later on I'm going to grab his pigtails and ride him around the ring until he tells his tribal chief that this is LA Knight's game. <laughs> yeah. What a visual. What an incredible visual to sum it up. Was uh was one of your favorites? Was it like John Silver trying to ride Hangman Page. <laughs> like that, yeah. That's what I got with like LA Knight and Jimmy Uso. Uh, and then we got Dragon Lee versus Cedric Alexander. This was brilliant. Yeah, this um, good stuff. Credit credit to Cedric Alexander. They've not utilized him anywhere near as much as they should have recently. But no. to just come up now and and showcase as he only can. Uh, how brilliant Dragon Lee is. And they've done a great job of establishing Dragon Lee on the main mm. roster. Um, the nice sort of counter for counter early on. There's a face-off immediately. Alexander hits a chop and Lee's like, oh, okay, we're chopping each other. And there's a chop exchange. Um, they go to the apron. Lee hits a running knee, but uh, Alexander comes back and slams Dragon Lee onto the apron to take us to a break. When we come back, Alexander hits a nice, wild-looking Mishinoku driver for a two-count. Um, they battle up to the top turnbuckle, um, and Dragon Lee did the Alberto Del Rio double stomp, but it actually made sense. He, he's done this in the past. Like, there's pace and there's smarts in how it's set up and it just makes all the difference. Cedric Alexander was was shoved down, was trying to pull himself back up and yep. that was when Dragon Lee hit him with it. He wasn't just holding himself in you position. You said that in NXT and it was just yeah. nice to see. Um, Lee comes back uh, again off the back of that with an, whew, a sit-out powerbomb for a great two count. Mm -hmm. Alexander again goes for the Mishinoku driver but Lee slips out, knees him in the back. The Destino finishes uh, Cedric Alexander gets Dragon Lee the one, two, three, and they shake hands after the match. Yeah, this was one of their matches that I often talk about, like, will I remember it by the end of the week? And the answer to that would be no, but the sort of the caveat or the qualifier of why I thought it was decent is because I keep kind of making, I'm laboring over this point a lot when we cover wrestling at the moment. I just need people I'm invested in. Mm. Like, matches matter, of course they matter. It's the bread and butter. Like, I want a... I want a big story to culminate in a match. I, I'm not saying this is not a Vince Russo thing. When I get rid of the ring and this whole thing will be perfect. I, <laughs> I don't think that. But I do care more about stars and their stories. And I want those stories to end in the ring with mm. a one, two, three, right? But just so I don't sound like a Philistine, basically. But like Dragon Lee is somebody who I am super engaged in at the moment. So while the bulk of this was what spoiled wrestling fan, like there's loads of it. There is loads of action of this standard every single week, and it's great to see. I feel like this was a very positive win for Dragon Lee. I feel like I know who he is and what he's trying to accomplish yeah. on SmackDown, and he's doing it currently through the chosen medium of pro wrestling. I would rather this as the way that you elevate Dragon Lee than just dropping him headfirst into like some sports entertainment sludge that he can't quite swim out yeah. of. There will be a time where he'll be required to tell a story that maybe doesn't make best of Funny voice, something, there will be something. But if you are engaged with him at that point, there's every chance it gets over. And that's the difference. Uh, Bianca Belair comes back. She obviously returned uh, last week. I recapped everything that happened there. She's excited to be back on SmackDown. Um, 
She's just getting started. She says she had only one thing on her mind while she was away, and they showed the video package of her getting uh, pilmanized by Damage Katarl a couple of months ago. She says, look, it hurts to watch that. For the first time, I was out, and I sat at home with nothing but my thoughts. Um, all I could think about was how I'm going to make Damage Katarl pay. Uh, I couldn't let it go. I'm consumed. I was for the first time ever consumed with vengeance. Uh, and that's why I took a plan to Nick Aldis earlier. And I'm getting my rematch with EO Sky at Crown Jewel. Another huge match added to that card. Um, for the rematch of the WWE Women's Championship. And next week, I'm going to face Bailey. Uh, I'm going to take out Damage Control one by one before I reclaim my title. She just throws down the mic and storms off because, well, if you're in the arena, she's about to wrestle in about an hour's time. Yeah. Um, this was great. Because obviously, as you say, this was like an admin thing, wasn't it? But I liked it as a no effing about promo as well. Yeah. Like, here's what I'm going to do like to get my revenge. I'm going to start with the... like. Positioning Bailey as the henchwoman to EO the main prize. She got those, like, she got ducks in a row, basically. Gonna do this, gonna do this. Now, when you're a babyface and you don't follow through on your threats, it's how you respond after the fact. I don't think I believe that she's gonna be EO Sky. No. So, what then? You know, like, let's see what. what well, yeah, but like, let's see what the next part of the story is because I think she will fall short on it. Well, how they book her after the fact because this was strong stuff. Uh, so we've got that next week or this week, I should say, and a weigh in between Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul, which will yeah. be a load of fun. Um, and then we got to the main event. It was Jimmy Uso was <laughs> just a noise now, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> All the most other things are. <laughs> um, mouth off against each other to start. And Jimmy knocks Knight down and immediately poses. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Jimmy goes for a cheap shot. Knight counters with a running elbow and a suplex for a two count. Um, kicks Jimmy. It's a series of drop kicks to his head. Uh, but when he's on the apron, Jimmy takes over with a snap suplex to take us to our final break. When we come back, uh, Jimmy hits an uppercut and a hip attack on Knight when he's in the corner. Um, goes for another one, but Knight counters with a clothesline. Um, Jimmy posts LA Knight. Hits a chop on him, but Knight comes back with a chop of his own. He hits a reverse DDT, does LA Knight. Um, hits like a series of stuff. Russian leg sweep, DDT for a near fall. Stomps on Jimmy, runs at him, but Jimmy rolls to the outside. So LA Knight just starts slamming his head against the commentary table whilst people go yeah, <laughs> each time. Jimmy pulled some great faces in between each one as well. Uh, they get back in the ring. Uh, Knight comes off the top but misses, and Jimmy hits a Samoan drop for a two count. Uh, we get this is awesome chant. Jimmy goes up top, and you think, okay, they're going to do the LA Knight uh, superplex spot. But uh, no, as Knight's cut him off, he gets knocked down again. Jimmy Uso hits the Uso splash for a great two count. Mm -hmm. um, goes back up top. Can't believe that he hasn't got the pinfall from that one. Goes back up top. This is the time when Knight pops up, jumps up to the top rope. Always terrified that he's going to botch that, but he looks perfect when he nails it. And he needs to nail it too. It yeah. always comes at the point where like this matters. It's going to be a massive one in Crown Jewel, obviously. Yep. Um, yeah, superplex from LA Knight, blunt force trauma, one, two, three. And just when I thought, right, perfectly fine, main event, we basically get a shot for shot remake or uh, recap of what happened the other week. LA Knight is standing tall. They show the replays. He's celebrating on the top, top rope or on the turnbuckle. And he jumps down and he turns around and here comes Roman Reigns to spear him out of his goddamn shoes like he did a fortnight ago. But LA Knight has learned from this. He dodges, he sidesteps the spear. Roman sort of flies into the turnbuckle, 
turns around, swings at LA Knight, who ducks underneath it and lays him out with the blunt force trauma. Reigns sold this like death. And LA Knight stands tall over Roman Reigns and yells at him as the show goes off the air. That made me think, is he winning the world title at Crown Jewel? So, Sidge on, I think it was one of our videos last week, but he did mention that he'd done an article for whatculture.com, which I want to go and read, because it's a great match, and I imagine Sidge will do a fabulous job of writing it up. Uh, Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe. Uh, and there is an absolutely, this is not a spoiler, because there's one of about a billion disgusting bumps in that match, yeah. but there is an absolutely disgusting forehead bump in that match. And Roman Reigns took a pretty bland finisher in the blunt force trauma as if he was Necro Butcher selling a, like with a forehead bump. Like that what he drilled himself or was drilled by LA Knight into that canvas and then sold it as in such a way as if LA Knight had come up with a new way to concuss his opponents. <laughs> like fabulous sell from Roman Reigns, really giving performance by him as well because as you say, this was a, a kind of like for like from the other week where he hits the spear, he comes in and to just miss it. So from a position where he had all the dominance and to give that up, really put Ellen Knight over here. And then Ellen Knight, what you do with that in the aftermath, it's like you've got a few seconds of TV time to gobble up. Ellen Knight like, knows how to choose scenery, doesn't he? So he puts Roman down and down for the count. And then just the way in which he poses and postures and all of that, he looked 100 foot tall. He basically presented himself as like, too much for Roman to handle. Brilliant. Like really, really inspired challenger building stuff. Again, for Ellen Knight, the top and tail of this SmackDown. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news was that the Jimmy Uso match wasn't great. And why that's bad news is not just because, again, it makes you ask what... I ask this every week, and this is less than ideal. What is it we've got with Ellen Knight? I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know what it is we've got with Ellen Knight because as hot as the promos and the segments are, the matches almost never deliver. And more concerningly, I think, what is it we've got with Jimmy Uso too? I am popping daft for the stuff that he's doing with Roman. He's a kind of a dream in the segments at the moment, but like... More often than not, the Jimmy Uso matches miss more than they hit. And mm -hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting, I've said this to you already. I'm getting concerned about my own hype levels for Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania versus what exactly can they possibly deliver. I think that gap has never been further apart. Right. And I just, I absolutely say go with it. But I, I don't know what smoke and mirrors they've got in play for Philadelphia because I just, I'm not seeing evidence that this match can be good, mm. but I really want it to because they've both got me up, like as a babyface and as a heel now. I think both characters are exactly where they need to be, but I, don't, I need to see more from both of them in singles matches to mm -hmm. show me that this can be as good as their characters have promised. But yeah, phenomenal Hot ending. ending. Hot ending. To a really enjoyable SmackDown and uh, yeah. What a night that must have been to be in the building because you get another SmackDown again. I know. Out of you, I've seen nothing, by nope. the way. Avoid all spoilers, so we'll be previewing that on yeah. uh, on Friday as well as, as Hamlet mentioned. Looking ahead to Crown Jewel this weekend. Uh, let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed on X at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me and Sid will be back later on to review AEW Collision. And all three of us will be here to preview Monday Night Raw as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.